you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Parham, actor, director, producer, and just a plethora of things. I have some movies coming out that you should check out. The Hangman, a story about Ron Van Cleef, and Snow Black, which will be out in January. Thanks for having me, and this is the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight from the West Coast, martial artist, actor, director, producer. Uh, he's got a film coming out on the life and times of Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, the original Black Dragon. Robert Parham. Mr. Parham, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Uh, but before we get into all of that, uh, given the times that we're in right now, how are you holding up in this current pandemic? Um, it's actually working to my benefit because I have more time to uh, create. So I am writing scripts, going over scripts. People are submitting scripts all the time. And actually, I'm working on a movie uh, that I started six years ago. what movie is that can you tell us or yeah it's called bullets blades and blood oh that sounds awesome what's that about it's about a mercenary who's hired to kidnap an up and coming uh, r&b star and the people who hire him try to kill him after he does the deed so he's got (laughs) to kill them all so it's a feel-good movie yeah Well, let me get into a little bit about your background. Uh, you have an extensive uh, martial arts background. Uh, four-time world kickboxing champion, is that correct? Five. Five-time. Uh, how about uh, sport karate champion? I have four times. Four. Four. Okay, good. Um, how did your pursuit of martial arts begin? Uh, my pursuit of the martial arts began naturally when I was young. My dad used to take me to the drive-in movies, and we would see Bruce Lee and Ron Van Cleef and Jim Kelly and Jimmy Wang Yu, Sonny Chiba, and the list goes on. Uh, my dad used to study Tai Chi under the, the late Sifu Sidney Austin out in Elizabeth, New Jersey. But what really got me into it was in the fifth grade, I got beat up by a girl. Ah, okay. So after my dad finished laughing at me, he kept me in all <laughs> summer, all summer long, and doing Tai Chi and learning Judo and Jiu-Jitsu and Kung Fu. And that's where my martial arts career began. But then it blossomed, I guess you can say, when I joined the Air Force and I ran into a gentleman. His name is Dr. Alonzo Jones. And he became my primary instructor and the uh, I hold the rank in the system that he teaches. Great, great. I didn't know you were a Jersey boy at some point. Elizabeth? I grew up in Hillside. I live in Roselle Park. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so with all that martial arts background, how did you transition into the entertainment and acting? It's pretty simple. Um, you know, a lot of the top martial artists, they go to these big tournaments, the Battle of Atlanta and Long Beach Internationals, and everybody wants to get discovered. So I'm winning all these tournaments, and I'm frustrated that, hey, nobody's looking at me. So I eventually stopped doing the tournaments 
And uh, I have a good friend in Alabama. His name is uh, uh, Sifu John Graham. And he was a fight consultant on some film sets. So he got me onto a film set. And even before that, I was an extra in Under Siege. Okay. And then John Graham got me to a film set, uh, Watership Warrior, with Bridget Nielsen and Matthias Hughes. And I just kind of looked around. I was like, wow, I can I can really do this. I can, you know, this is like a childhood dream, but I don't want to be regulated to this kind of role. Now, mind you, in high school, I was in all the school plays, et cetera, and so forth. So when I eventually retired from the Air Force and moved to California, I started pursuing it a little more seriously. You know, you see that, like I mentioned, the names that uh, Ron Van Cleef, Jim Kelly, one of the first people who really helped me out was Jim Kelly. Oh, wow. Nice. So we, he kind of mentored me and told me what and what not to do, what to look for. And then I ran into Conan Lee. Wow. Told me what to do, what not to do. He's like my big brother. And then Art Camacho. So the collective of, of these and then eventually, you know, everybody started, you know, giving me their bits. Don Wilson, uh, big ups, shout out to Ron Van Cleef, uh, Gloria Hendry, and they kind of taught me and kind of molded me. So I'm, I'm a collective of all of those people. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, going back to something that you said earlier, you said that people weren't looking at you at the tournaments as uh, not just a black man, but as a black martial artist. You didn't have that many icons to look up to in terms of martial arts on screen. Right. No, uh, no, right. No, so, no. yeah. But uh, what did it mean then to have people like Ron Van Cleef up there and Jim Kelly to to uh, to emulate? It was great. I mean, it was. You see a vision of you and you know that you can do that. You can replace them or you can be one of them. It's, it's like this. When I was a kid. All of my Caucasian friends had the G.I. Joes, you know, with the scar and the, but I had the black G.I. Joe, the Kung Fu grip, you know, right. so he looked like me and my G.I. Joe would be all of their G.I. Joes. So, <laughs> you know, <it> was <laughs> no problem with identity there. Right, right. But did you uh, did you also uh, look up to the um, the the 70s and 80s uh, Kung Fu uh, icons of the time as well. Like you were mentioning Conan Lee and, uh, Conan. you know, the driving, the driving theater on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Angela Mao, Sonny Chiba. I mean, I can go on and on and on of low lay, all of the things. My dad would take us to either the Paramount theater, the Adams theater or the driving every weekend watching Kung Fu movies. I think the very first karate movie we saw was called the invisible fist in a very, with a Barry, not Barry Chan, I can't remember his name. And the second one we saw was the Hong Kong cat. Um, and then we saw Enter the Dragon. And, you know, I was hooked, you know, um, between the martial arts and the quote unquote, I'm going to say black exploitation movies collectively. I, I, if it was still the 70s right now, I would be so happy. <laughs> well, when did you discover uh, Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef then? Uh, okay, so. We saw the black dragon. I remember seeing the black dragon. I remember seeing the advertisement for it. I remember, Dad, you got to take me to see this. So he <laughs> took me to see this. And I thought, you know, coming out after I was, I used to draw the pork chops with the, uh, with a magic marker on the side of my face <laughs> and this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, as we grew up, as I grew up, uh, eventually I mentioned Conan Lee. Conan Lee and Ron Van Cleef are great friends. You know, they spent a lot of time overseas together. And one day I had the opportunity to meet Ron 
and we exchanged phone numbers. And then he would call me eventually here and there, not a lot. But one day in a car, I was going to sit with Conan Lee in a car and Ron Van Cleef calls me. <laughs> so all three of us, we had the greatest time. And then we really connected, Ron Van Cleef and myself, we really connected. And uh, I would see him at the, at the you know, Urban Action Showcase. And we just had a great time together. Yeah, that's a great show. And uh, it's interesting that um, you you knew him before uh, you got to work with him for this book, right? His book, The Hanged Man. Actually, I worked on his, uh, not the book, but the documentary. Right, right, right. Right. right so so uh, what does it mean then to you that you finally get to work with uh, Ron Van Cleef to bring his story to life on film? Are you kidding me? <laughs> How does that happen? How does a kid from Hillside, New Jersey, get to work with one of the icons of the martial arts, if not his hero? You know, yeah. I mean, I was so before I did docu. This is what led me to do uh, Shidoshi's documentary. I was at the Urban Action Showcase, and we were talking small talk. And I said, "Hey, I'm doing a movie. I like for you to be in it." You know, took a lot of courage to do that. But just let you know, <laughs> you know, in front of everybody, it was like, what if he says, no, I just don't have time. He said, sure, call me. Wow. So I called him, got him out here. And we did this movie called Snow Black. Um, and he was awesome in it. Awesome. And then he said, hey, you, did you read my book? So I read your book. What do you think about doing a documentary? You know, I, apparently there have been some people who have attempted and didn't quite put it together, I guess, uh, to the best of their ability or to the best of his liking. So I said, sure, I take over the reins and boom, it's it's a beautiful story. Um, I had a private screening. Just I do that with all my films, just some, with some of the people I know, just to make sure I'm putting out quality product because I'm real close to it. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it's good. So, so my friends will tell me the truth. So I had one one person just he just he cried. He, he was watching. Wow. It's a very touching story. It's very very touching. Well, yeah. Let's get into that though. Is is his story as inspirational as it is harrowing? Because uh, the the bits and pieces that I've heard about it, I mean, he's been through some some stuff. It, it is one hell of a journey. One hell of a journey for a man who is the most humble, quiet, peaceful person. One of the most peaceful people that I know on this planet. For him to have gone through all that he's gone through, I I can't believe that he still has his sanity. I, I really can't, I really can't. You know, there's a part in the film at the end where he talks about good and bad. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, you know, there's more bad than there is good, but you have to go through the bad to get to that good. And it's well worth it. So, yeah, that's his story. It's it's, it's incredible. There had to be a little bit of pressure on you, though, to try to capture all of this uh, story onto uh, film. I was I was fortunate enough to have done a documentary on Kareem Abdullah. And I turned around and did one on Willie Bam Johnson. And so it kind of, I didn't have a template per se because I make everybody's story a little different, but with everything that I had access to, 
You know, I, I mean, it, I don't want to say it was easy. It was challenging because I did like three false starts. You know, I did three. I got half the movie done and I looked at it and said, oh, this is garbage. I can't put this out. Boom. Did it again. You know, I even showed him. And I was like, oh, this is garbage. I can't use this, you know. Uh, and, and finally, when I kind of tweaked it and just got it just right, you know, I mean, the pressure kind of, when I knew I had the the, the right flow, the pressure kind of fell off my shoulders because I knew this was the right one. So he, he loves it. He saw it uh, oh, that's good. just last week. Just that's last great. week. He absolutely loves it. That's amazing. Uh, what were some of those uh, challenges, though, that uh, you faced when you were making it? What, were, what are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome? Because uh, if you if you trashed it twice, what was it that wasn't quite working? Um, the storyline. So I had a problem with the storyline. Um, do I go in sequential order? Do I start from uh, the end and go to the beginning and do the you know Quentin Tarantino thing? You know, so there was a there was a big challenge with that. And then finally, what I decided to do is I was uh, looking at some kung fu posters, and you know, uh, I saw Bruce Lee, the man, the myth. You know, the man, the myth, the legend. I was like, boom, that's it right there. So I broke it down into the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, words of wisdom. So I broke it down into four parts, and it just flowed. It flowed seamlessly. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit about each of those parts about uh, Grandmaster uh, Ron Van Cleef? I, I certainly can. So we, we talk about the man, okay? So we talk about his humble beginnings, how he was born, where he was born, um, his mother, uh, his grandmother, his father, who he really didn't know. Um, there's a part where he tells about his uh, mother was driven to the hospital by his uncle, by his father's brother. And when his father's brother got his mom to the hospital, he took off. <laughs> he kind of left it in there. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. I was like, okay. So all of that is about him as a child growing up, him and his brother, um, who he loves very much and he, he misses dearly. Um, and uh, how he kind of got into the martial arts he got beat up by a guy who became a you know icon on the east coast eventually uh soaky little john davis mm. and so that's how he ventured into the martial arts so that's the man you know then we go into the myth okay uh well, well let's go back to the man uh we, we also talk about his time in vietnam that's real important right. Because right. that that made him who he is today. Then we then we talk about the myth. So we talk about him starting martial arts. You know um, the classes he taught, uh, the tournaments he's been to. I've got uh, archive footage of tournaments from the '60s, early '70s stuff that you will never ever see. Um, and then we go into the legend. And then the legend is when he catapults into stardom, if you would. Uh, he's into the movies now. Now he's in demand. There's cartoons about him. There's comic books about him. He's fighting in the UFC. He's 77 years old fighting in jujitsu tournaments. You know? Right. Come on. Come on. And then we get into <laughs> the words of wisdom where he talks about how he views life. It's, it's very compelling. Yeah. It, it, he absolutely has had uh, an amazing... 
uh, life and career. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, has been at the forefront regarding uh, the book and the documentary was uh, this story that he was actually lynched yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. How does that happen and uh, how does he survive that? I don't want to give away too much details. If you read, read the book, if you read the book, you know what happened, but um, it just wasn't his time. You know, God had more for him to do on this earth because anybody else wouldn't have made it. You know, yeah. um, he speaks of, uh, I know in detail what happened, but I, I kind of skirt over the detail in the documentary, but know that he almost le- lost his left eye. His arm was bent backward. You know, uh, he was in the hospital for five months, five months wow. after that. So, uh, and I know that that really changed his paradigm about um, how life is. Mm. Uh, he does say in the documentary, you know, though I've been through everything, and uh, you know, I had been hung, and, and though his life was traumatic, he says, "I quote, but I don't hate." You know, so that's that's a that's big coming from from someone who's been through that ordeal. Well, he is a larger than life character, so uh, <laughs> I, I expect I expect no less. Um, but uh, is is there uh, other than that story? Because uh, obviously that's uh, that's an impactful moment in his life. But is there a particular part of his story that you think is going to resonate loudly with the audience of the film? I think that will resonate. I think uh, a part where he speaks about his brother getting killed in Vietnam, mm. um, and that really. I said it was one of the parts that had my friends in tears, you know, watching that. So that that just grabs your heart because they were really, really, really close, really close. You know, and I can't, and and his brother was just 22. So I cannot imagine um, one of my brothers passing away. So I'm 54. I cannot imagine, I have a brother that's two years younger than me. So I can't imagine losing my brother, you know, for me, 32 years ago, knowing how, how close we were when we grew up, you know, that's, that's got to, uh, man, you know, it's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. With, uh, all of those stories, uh, the hardships, the, uh, ascension to stardom, is there an overall feeling that you want uh, audiences to walk away from when they watch this film? Do you want them to be inspired? Do you want them to be, um, move to action what kind of what kind of feelings do you want them to to walk away with i want them to walk away as better human beings you know this what this story is how ron van cleef evolved into the person he is today i mean he's a great human being he's kind he's soft-spoken you know um and he says he just wants everybody else to be happy you know who says that (laughs) <laughs> After you've been through all you've been through, yeah. You know, who says that? So he just wants other people to be happy. So that's what I'm looking for. Uh, will you be inspired? Yes. He's 77 years old. He's still competing. You know, I mean, really, really. I, I talk to him uh, quite often, and he complains at how fat he is. When I look in the mirror, I see a fat old man. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we were on the set of Snow Black. Okay. Before we got to the set, I had to stop by the bank. 
Okay. I come out of the bank and he's doing jump spinning hook kicks and jump spinning at kicks in the parking lot. <laughs> so Robbie, I still got it, right? <laughs> wow. I'm not talking about, you know, little L. I mean, he's up off the ground. Goodness yeah. gracious. I was like, wow. So you got to be motivated by his story. Yeah. Is he still training every day? Do you- he's, he's still training. He went through some surgery, had some uh, corrective eye surgery. And uh, as that heals and um, as this pandemic lightens up a little, uh, yeah, I know he misses going to the dojo and, you know, grappling with the, with the fellas, as he says. And uh, so, but he still does something every day, every day, you know, yeah. hey, I just did a hundred pushups. I just did, you know, a thousand <laughs> sit-ups. Whoa, dude. <laughs> well, what about you then? Are you still training? I still train. I train lightly because I, I don't fight anymore, but I train right. to keep uh, in condition. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing films. I want to look good on film. I did a film a few years ago, maybe two years ago, Jackson Bolt. Hello. Mm. The the story called for a middle aged out of shape, you know, ex fighter, and so you know I put on a little weight for the role, and now I can't shake it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I gotta get it off. I gotta get it off. Well, um, speaking of that, uh, with uh, with things uh, the way that they are in in entertainment and film nowadays. Not necessarily uh, the best time uh, for people of color uh, uh, in terms of representation. Not the worst time uh, by far, right? But what is uh, your take on uh, where uh, the entertainment industry is right now in terms of representation for not just people of color, but people of color that uh, can uh, do actual martial arts and be action heroes? You know, back in the day, they had real martial artists doing movies today you got actors doing martial arts i'm a little conflicted okay i'm a little conflicted um i can't speak for the big studios because what they look for is they look for profit they're you know they're, they're throwing three ten fifteen twenty million dollars in a film and hope to get this big return you know i'm at an independent level Right. So I don't have three or ten million dollars to throw into a film. So um, using real martial artists, I think, is a lost art today. You know, I used to be able to go to the movies and see Billy Blanks. You know, I used to be able to go to the movies and see, you know, Ron Van Cleef, you know, all these real Conan Lee, all these real guys. Now we got Tom Cruise. You know, uh, yeah. who, who plays John Wick? Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, who I understand is, you know, turned into a real martial artist of, of some note. Yeah. You know, uh, we got these people. And I, I think it is an affront to in, kind of insulting to martial artists, you know, who um, go through their blood, sweat, and tears. Um, in order to have an opportunity. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. Now, there is something to be said about real martial arts and really skilled cinema martial arts. 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, there's there are different skill sets. Obviously, mm-hmm. real martial artists won't do what you see on screen, and and guys on screen won't hold up against real martial artists, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> but um, but uh, with that in mind, though, uh, even to this day, uh, Ron Van Cleef has inspired many actors to follow their martial arts path towards the big screen. Uh, I know uh, at one of the Urban Action Showcases, he recently passed the mantle to Michael Jai White. Right, as the, the, the Black mm-hmm. Dragon, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, with that in mind, are there any uh, actors currently out there that you think are uh, ready to pick up his mantle uh, and and advance that uh, the, the martial arts skill on screen? Outside of me? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Present company excluded. (laughs) There's a a plethora of of people. I mean, when you go to the Urban Action Showcase, I mean, you see Demetrius Angelo's there. Mm -hmm. He's a very good martial artist. You know, Willie Bam Johnson, who was in the, uh, uh, what was that TV series? The WMEC Masters. Yeah. You know, Hakeem Alston who was in the WMC Masters and in Mortal Kombat, you know, yeah. uh, Jerry Fontenance, you know, all these guys. And that's just the East Coast guys. You know, those are just guys on the East Coast. And I'm just, I'm only naming a few, you know, you go down South Carolina, you got Al Yisrael, you know, you, you got a plethora of people who can, if they had the opportunity, present themselves in a dynamic fashion, you know, dynamic fashion. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to talk about the guys who are like on the cusp or the guys who do the stunts and, and this, that, and the other, um, who are already semi-established. I'm talking about the people that the public has never seen or they don't get a lot of uh, press, a lot of play, a lot of spotlight, a lot of limelight. You know, these are the guys who I think uh, need an opportunity. Yeah. Well, what is it then about uh, the industry that doesn't afford them that opportunity? Yes, yeah, investors. They're scared, they're scared to put their money on an unknown. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you know, um, God bless Chadwick Bozeman. You know, he got to a point where they were willing to put up the money for it for him. You know, but if you get somebody, uh, I don't know. Uh, Tyrone Clark down the street, who's got an immense amount of talent. Maybe he's a great martial artist. They're going to, I don't know. Nobody knows you. You know, um, the studios have that. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them because in, in the entertainment business, business, not in the entertainment world, but entertainment business, it's all about what can I get off of my dollar? You know, if I get, if I put a dollar into this, I should be getting 20 back, 30 back, 100 back. So I don't blame them, but at the same time, and there should be an avenue for people as such. You know, I know that Demetrius kind of uh, opens up the UAS with the um, uh, the the um, uh, what is that segment called? Where they do the stunts and they practice in the set. You know, I know Michael De Pasquale used to do the uh, stunt camp, et cetera, and so forth. You know, so we have to create avenues for these people. I, 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 um, I'm going to talk about Snow Black. Okay. There's, there's a gentleman, Umberto Gonzalez. Uh, and I, he, we became friends, you know, I went to a couple of 
uh, Alan Goldberg's events and a couple of UAS. And, you know, he will always come up to my table and talk and talk and talk and says how he invents these weapons. So he's got this five section staff, et cetera, and so forth. But nobody wants to give him any opportunity, so to speak. So I was like, you know what? You look like a bad guy. You're going to be a bad guy in my next movie and you can showcase your weapon. And he did it. He he did excellent. All he needed was an opportunity. So he's got this opportunity. When the movie comes out, you know, people are going to be excited for him. And it, it inspired him to write a prequel for his character. You know, so all he needed was an opportunity. That's all he needed. You know, so people of that uh, stature need just need an opportunity. Well, what about the genre itself, though? Uh- is the uh, is Hollywood ripe for uh, a martial arts renaissance? Uh, because back in the seventies, everybody was kung fu fighting, right? Yeah, everybody um, was kung fu fighting. Everybody. You know, right? But uh, uh, these days, it's not specifically about celebrating martial arts. It's all wrapped up in the action yeah. film genre, they, right? They, yeah, it is. I mean, the the only film as of recent American made, I'm going to say American made that people got excited about was John Wick because he started using jujitsu, you know, with the UFC out, et cetera, and so forth. They saw the rave, you know, oh, wow, this guy is using guns and jujitsu. Oh my God, look at this, look at this, look at this. Um, overseas there, they're cranking out the martial arts films, you know, uh, what was that? Bullet to the head, the raid, you know, movies of that ilk. So I think the time is right for a renaissance. My dad used to tell me all the time when I was a kid, the pendulum always swings. When it goes one way, it always swings back. I think we're at the midpoint of it swinging back. You know, Mm. I think we're at the, even, you know, Van Damme is making a small resurgence, you know, with with some of the films that he's doing. Yeah. What do you think then is the next evolution of the genre? That's a great question. That is a great question. The next evolution of this genre Obviously, um, to me, there's going to be some kind of advent, and it, it's it started and it kind of s- sprinkled out is the advent of MMA. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of started and it didn't really have that star. You know, yeah. it didn't have that movie that put it over the top. There was one that was pretty close. Uh, I can't remember where two brothers fought each other in a cage. Nick Nolte was in it. I, I cannot remember the name of the movie. But that that was pretty good. But they need a star. I mean, they need somebody like Conor McGregor to star right, in a right. film about MMA. You know, somebody like, oh, my God, Conor McGregor's in a movie, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. They need somebody like John Jones to be a mm-hmm. lead in a movie, someone with a name instead of getting bit parts in, you know, this movie and that movie. Um, they They need to lead it. Yeah. Uh, I think Halle Berry is working on a film that uh, I think is MMA based. Is that right? I heard rumors of that. I'm yeah. not certain. You know, um, okay. she would be, once again, she would be a good, but she's not really a martial artist. Sure. You know, she's sure. really not a martial artist. So, you know, she's got to train to make it look real in the camera angles and the but she, why not get, uh, why not bring Angela Mao back? Right, right. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, what then are you doing to to change the uh, 
the dynamic uh, in film? What what do you have working uh, for uh, the next couple of years? Let's say next couple of years. Um, my genre is like I like martial arts and I like black exploitation, so I mix the two. You know, I did a movie like I said where I was kind of heavy, but that was had Fred Williamson in it, so me and Fred led the movie. You know, <laughs> nice. Uh, I got Snow Black. I, 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 because I directed it, I made my part a little smaller because I wanted to concentrate on. And you got Ron Van Cleef and Gloria Hendry in it. Mm. You know, my next film, my next two films, one of them we're working out. And we're, I'll get to it. Let me, let me go one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one called Mad as Hell, starring me, the original G Man of hip hop. And Cinda Williams, remember Cinda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Behind that, I have a movie called uh, Thou Shalt Not Kill. We're going to bring Big Red from the Five Heartbeats in on that. Cool. And probably, I'm looking at a couple of real martial artists, probably Jerry Fontanez. I'll probably uh, bring nice. Jerry in on that. You know, like I said, they need an avenue. Behind that now, this is between this is the first time I'm saying this in public. Cool. Okay. I'm working with Art Camacho on a secret project that's a throwback to a movie that starred Fred Williamson, Jim Kelly, and Jim Brown. That's all I can mm. say. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's in the pipe, pipelines. And we're gonna get some Very real nice. martial artists for that. Uh we're uh uh, Marcus Taylor, if you're watching this, we're going to be calling you real soon. <laughs> after after we get all everything in place, we're going to start making some moves on that. So that's that's awesome, and that's going to take me at least another two years. You know, so I, I like to give people opportunity. I, I I love staying independent because I have control over everything, um, and I always bring in a special guest, a throwback guest. Um, some of my martial arts buddies, you know, so there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when can, uh, people see the hanged man documentary? As I understand it, they were going to release it on the 30th. Um, I think there's a two week delay now. Uh, and as I understand it, it will probably end up on Netflix. Cool. It will probably end up there. Um, don't seriously quote me on that, but that's the that's in the rumor mill. That's the rumor mill. So hopefully everybody will get to see it within the next two weeks, next two or three weeks. Um, it, it will also show uh, as a showcase film at the Urban Action Showcase. So I think that's what November sixth, seventh. So one of those two yeah, dates. November, yeah. You know, um, if you don't catch it, you'll be able to catch it on on one of those days. Excellent. Hopefully we're out of this pandemic uh, sooner rather so. than later. <laughs> Hopefully so. I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, it, it was great speaking with you. Uh, you. You look like you're doing some exciting uh, stuff out there. So best of luck. And like I said, I hope we're out of this sooner rather than later, because I'd love to meet you at the Urban Action Showcase and uh, and get to talk with you some more. Uh, and uh, when The Hanged Man comes out, everybody out there in the audience Go watch it. If you don't know Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, you really should. So look him up and understand some of the work that he's done and some of the uh, inspiration that he continues to pass on to the the talent 
uh, today and in the future. But uh, Robert Parham, thank you so much for talking with us today and the best of luck with everything you have going on. Thanks for having me and Jeff, your show, two thumbs up right there. Huge thanks to Robert Parham for joining me on the show. Keep an eye out for his films, The Hangman and Snow Black. And while you're at it, watch the Kung Fu Driving page because I may have a thing or two to say about them. Otherwise, you can follow Robert's production company, Mayhem Films, at facebook.com slash mayhemfilms. But watch the spelling or just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right there. I wish Robert the very best of luck in his future projects. And hopefully, I'll get the chance to talk with him again at this year's Urban Action Showcase and Expo. You can also follow Robert on Instagram at the real Robert Parham. So catch him there and drop him a note that you heard him right here on the Kung Fu Driving podcast. The video of this interview will be posted to the Kung Fu Driving Theater channel on UASCTV.com in the next few days. So watch for that there as well. And until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time we swap, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. I see the iron fisted bunk on the daily prayers. Shaolin monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea, they're roaming over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is old, otherwise, so he wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pause here, the applause. Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but all. Don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here Derry is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster Bitch had a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick a spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back You place the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
this time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine